0: Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is a new week and a new chapter in the Word of God that we're studying Matthew chapter 6. We thank the Lord for the good day yesterday. Thank the Lord for the Word of God. Thank the Lord for the church. What a blessing it's been to be with Brother Hockenberry and the folks there in Harrisburg. We certainly are thankful for the Second Chance Bible Church and what the Lord is doing there. Tonight through Friday night, 7 o'clock each night, we'll still be in the house of God. And so we do want to extend an invitation to each and every one of you Also, I want to announce at the end of those meetings, um, we come down to Saturday, Brother Stephen Asquith is going to be here at our home. That's at 1.30 p.m., and he will be preaching the Word of God. We're going to have a back porch Bible study. Those of you that have been participants of those over the years know, uh, we never know what God is going to do, but I've invited Stephen to come and to preach, and we're looking forward to what the Word of God has for us, and we're looking forward to what Stephen will bring from the Word of God. And it's a paramount that we do these things. We need preaching and please God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that will believe. And that's something that we believe because it's in the word of God. We are in Matthew chapter six. I'm going to go a little bit slow to start this chapter because there's three things that God deals with initially. These are three secret things with God. These are three things that God honors, three things that God looks for, three things that God will reward. And I believe that reward is those precious stones, and I could be wrong on that. It's just my take on the scripture. I have some reasons I believe that. You don't have to get on board with that. But what I do see in this chapter is we see three things that God does deal with, and then at the end of those three things that God shows us we do before him in secret, then he tells them how to pray. And in that, we ask, and we ask, and we receive. You have not because you ask not. And so he teaches them how to pray. We call it a model prayer, but it's also a very real prayer. And Jesus Christ was telling them. And so when we give and we do these things that he requires in secret, and basically they are giving, they are prayer, and they are fasting. And when we do those things, God honors that. And not only does God honor that, but then God rewards openly. And then he tells us, this is how you pray. And so we look at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 6, take heed that you do not your alms before men. There's the understanding of the scripture, that you do not your alms before men. Where do you do them? You do them in secret. Where would they do their alms? Most likely in those days at the temple. They would come, they would give that offering. We see many offerings to the Old Testament. We see a tithe that Abraham gave, and you can be an anti-tither. Go right ahead, enjoy that. Uh, But I myself believe the pattern was established with Abraham. Clearly, it was shown and has never been released. It has never been taken away. God never removed a tithe from man, one-tenth of all that we have. And therefore, the tithe is the beginning of giving. Why? Because it is the Lord's and he's prospered us. Therefore, we return it unto him. And we do that today in the local church. On the first day of the week, we assemble ourselves and we bring those ties and those offerings and those gifts, three distinct things before the Lord. But He said, do in their alms. what are those alms? It's the requirement that God's required of them. But there's also a gift. There's a requirement that God has that's not seen of man. It's not an obligation. And you don't have to sit down and write out a check for $19.87.2 because your pay was, you know, $190.87.2. You don't have to sit there and go to the utmost detail. But other folks that do that. But what it is, is, it's a guide to begin to give. I think it would be wise to keep track not only of what you bring in, but what you put out in your giving, and God's going to reward it openly. And we see needs and you shut up your bowels of compassion. How dwelleth the love of Christ in you? But you see a need. What do you do? You take that which God has prospered you with and you help that brother that has need. And so you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. So this isn't a matter of giving that we can boast or giving that men can see. Part of the failure of faith promise today is that there's a pressure put on people because there are men watching. And they know people's handwriting. I've been in churches where they do it publicly. You stand up and tell how much you're going to give. And I've watched people go into debt because of faith promise. I've watched people make a pledge that they could not keep, but they felt pressure to, or they felt like they were going to impress somebody. Therefore, the giving is always done in secret. And you ought to support missions. You ought to support missionaries. You ought to support the preacher. You ought to support the work of God. And can I say it's whatever is necessary to accomplish the will of God. That's what we give. That's your alms today. And there are so many that they turn in receipts and they collect receipts and they pass them around. They do this and they do this and they always got to account for every little penny and they can keep track of all their expenditures with God. But yet God is the one that ought to be keeping track. We ought to lose ourselves in Christ. We ought to lose. it. listen, we're, our lives are hid with God in Christ. We ought to lose track of our giving. And so he tells us then: therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They sounded the trumpet. They actually did this. Unbelievable. It's almost, it's almost far-fetched, but there are people today that do the same thing. I remember one time reading a news article, and it was talking about Oprah had donated a certain amount of money uh, to a, a, a charity of her choice, and it made the news. It was made the national news. And I know people that had given more than that for a gift to the church, and a gift to missionaries, and a gift uh, to be a blessing to people. But Oprah did this to her favorite charity, and she made the news with it. Well, you know, if that indeed is the charity of Oprah, and I'm not criticizing whether it was or whether it wasn't, maybe it was out of a charitable heart, and they just exploited her. Maybe they just took that which was done in secret and exploited it for the news. However, when it was done, it was made public, and the reward is lost if indeed she wanted to be seen of men. Yet I know saints of God that have given far more than what she had given that day. You read of... People that donate, you know, and they donate to put a hospital wing. Why? Because they're going to have their name on it. There's no reward in that. Or they donate to the church. And they want their grandma's name on the crypt underneath the church. We're going to bury the pastors because they have mausoleums for their pastors. And are slightly Catholic, but you know, you do that, you lose your reward. And so, therefore, we do our alms in secret. Word to God says this. He said, I'm a good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. So a good man he lends to others. He is ever merciful and lendeth, Psalm 37, 26, and his seed is blessed. So Proverbs 19:17, one of the verses I learned with missions when I was just a young Christian. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, he will he pay him again. On that hang the law and the prophets. You have pity upon the poor, the poor you have with you always. And I know there's a lot of folks that have more money than poor people do, and they're sitting there with their hand out. But he said, you ought to lend unto the Lord. Why? By having pity upon the poor. You see their needs, and you don't shut up your bowels of compassion. You just meet that need. Now, I know there's those that say, well, you shouldn't ever owe any man. That's scriptural. And the reality is that it is scriptural. But this is what he said in context. And I think the context is right. In Romans 13, in verse 7, render therefore to all their dues. Now, this is what the word of God says, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And so it's not a matter of borrowing and not paying back. And I know there's people who say you shouldn't have a mortgage because you owe, but well, then you shouldn't rent because you owe. You shouldn't have electricity because you owe an electric bill. You shouldn't have city water because you owe. And we could just go down the line. But no, when you lend and you learn to lend, you can also learn to receive. What he means by, oh, no man is custom to custom, tribute to tribute. Those are the things we don't owe. Honoring those, honor those men owe for us, honor those men around, honor those with tributes and customs honor. and honor. By the way, that man of God is worthy of double honor. You better make sure you take care of that first. And I'm not condoning credit card debt, but I used to preach against it so strong. The Lord just let me go ahead and get into that. And it's a long story, but I could tell you how it was the Lord. I know it was the hand of the Lord. And I immediately toned down how I preached about debt. And it was a little bit of arrogancy on my part because I got myself out of debt as a lost man in 1997, right before I got saved. And I worked hard for two years, working a part-time job and in the military and buying and selling the trade and I got myself out of debt. And therefore, I could preach debt-free. And then the Lord said, well, okay, here you go, big boy, have some debt. And I learned it's, it's not about owing it, no man. And it is about owing no man, but it's to owe no man that which is due unto him. So pay your bills on time, but don't owe that, that man tribute. Don't owe that man custom. You better make sure you're taking care of the needs of the man of God. That's what the Word of God is teaching there. The Word of God also tells in Luke chapter 6, and this helped me when I was a young Christian as well. I remember those early days of going to missions conferences. In Luke six thirty eight, given it shall be given unto you. When I went to evangelism, that was the verse the Lord provided for me to remind me, I had laid up store with him. I had led unto the Lord. And here I was taking a leap of faith. I had no supporting churches, zero. I had no income, zero. I had no offerings to do my way, zero. And yet the Lord saw fit to take care of the need. He saw fit to use this verse to let me know he was going to take care of me. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's a promise of God. And then he said, good measure. And I've always received a good measure. And what the Lord does, he presses it down. He makes a little bit more room in the bowl. He shakes it together. And then he adds some more. And he presses and he shakes it and he adds some more. And he just keeps making room in that bowl. And then it's running over. That is the cruise of oil that God gives. And God will do that for those that give. God will do that for those that believe him. He says, shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Therefore, you lend it to the poor. You have pity upon them. You lend to men that need lent to. And again, if your policy is to owe no man, don't you ever borrow a hammer. Don't you ever borrow a cup of sugar. Don't you ever borrow a pinch of salt. You'll find yourself in trouble with God. Don't ever rent. Don't ever have an electric bill. Because if that's the doctrine, you're going to find yourself in trouble. But what I found is I found in the word of God is give is the doctrine. It's not about owing no man. It's about giving. And the giving is done in secret. And the giving is done in that secret place. One of the great ways to accomplish that is through others. You carry that cash gift. I leave an envelope in a car. I leave an envelope in a Bible at church. Go get one of the children. Tell them to keep their mouth shut. Give them the money. Tell them to go hand it to somebody. You send that, that gift through the mail, there's ways to do it in secret. There's times you just, they know it's you, especially using PayPal and Google Pay and Apple Pay and wallets and things like that. But listen, just give, be a help to others, be a blessing to others. That's the principle he's given us here. And you don't do it to toot your horn. You don't do it to boast. You do it in secret because the Lord, he said, when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. Then there's a colon there, a new sentence. And thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Now, I'll be honest, I just noticed that I didn't catch this earlier looking at the scriptures, but I just noticed this. There's two colons there. In verse 3, but when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, colon will skip down, and thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. There's another colon before, and thy father. What's in the middle? That thine alms may be in secret, a standalone statement. Therefore, two colons delineate a sentence within a sentence. That thine alms may be, what's the focus of those two two sentences? That thy alms may be in secret. It's not the reward. The focus is the alms being in secret. Giving. Giving to others, giving that others may have, giving that others can live a little bit better, taking the relief of folks that do not have what they need, do not have the necessities of life, and relieving that burden without applause, without anybody noticing, without needing credit for it. It's like the man that, you know, the old the old adage, and it's not wrong to be cliche, I just get weird with cliches, but the man that takes the trap. <clears throat> The man that takes the trash out. What does he do? Tells his wife for 20 minutes how he took the trash out. And the same thing with the lady. You know, she goes out and digs two weeds out of the garden and brags about how she dug two weeds. And I know my children get that way. Sometimes they do one thing. It takes about four seconds and they talk about it for the next five minutes. And we're a lot that way. But when you do your alms, you ought not ever boast of it. You ought to ever speak of it. Why? Because the Father, which seeth in secret, rewardeth thee openly, that thine alms may be done in secret. And my friend, when you give, are you doing it in secret? That's a principle God has given us here. Now, the next two days, we're going to cover the next two principles. One of those is kind of painful for most of us, and that's going to be tomorrow, Lord willing. And that is that fasting in secret. Very hard to do. Very hard. You can't keep it from your wife. Can't keep it from your children. You just quit eating. The kind of people notice that. But you don't have to go teach your horn about it. You don't have to put the dust on your head and the ashes on your forehead and dress in sackcloth and make a show of it. You just simply push away from the table. You go and find pleasure with God rather than pleasure with your flesh. Lord Willem will deal with that tomorrow, seeing the Lord reward us openly. And then on Wednesday, we'll deal with the matter of prayer. Thursday, we're going to deal with the Lord's prayer, that great prayer that he prayed when he's teaching us to pray. And Lord Willem will look at Friday some more in prayer. Have a great week. And Lord Willem will be back on the podcast tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all night. There only was Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness stars sing.